Blog Talk Radio. Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Tonight is February 10th, 2021. Wow, it's going to be 10 years I've been doing this show, this podcast. 10 years, although this year and last year I I didn't do a lot of shows. But um, anyway, 10 years, and I remember being so timid. When I was going to do them, I had an alias. I used to have a, well, there was a big blog called Stinkin' Thinkin', and uh, it was the only blog where you talked crap about AA at the time, and um, Ilsa Thompson started it with another guy, Mark, and my name was Massive Attack, and I picked that so that I wouldn't appear to be a weak woman. (laughs) I just picked my son like that band, and then eventually I went to Massive because it was too long for when you blog, you realize you really need just one word name as your handle, as it's called in blog world when people are anonymous. Anyway, anyway, I switched around the um, show because I had a busy, busy day out visiting my grandson for um, like all day and all night and this morning. So um, I'm going to do the other one in a few weeks. I might be moving stuff around, but there were a lot of people in the groups. So well, first, I'm going to back up. Um, for those of you who don't know, I am the filmmaker of The 13th Step. If you can, please go to Amazon, write a review. Thank you all. There are people reaching out to me who have written um, a review. Maybe they've never done it. And I really appreciate it because there's you know, always some haters. But, you know, hey, whatever. Everybody's got a right to give their opinion. Um, I think that uh, it's important to write the positive reviews. You know, It's true on Yelp, though, right? I mean, if we love a place, sometimes we don't write a review, and then, like, somebody who's just such a crankpot, they'll be, like, you know, giving the restaurant a bad name, and there you just have the bad reviews. So I'm actually really, I like to do it on Yelp a lot to give, if I love a place, to do a really good review right away. And um, so anyway, uh, if you could do that, I really appreciate it. And if you can't do it, I did get some feedback. Some people found that if you didn't buy it, on Amazon, or you didn't have Amazon Prime, that it wasn't letting you do a review. That was that did not used to be the case. But if that is the case, please go onto Vimeo. I should post this um, in the groups, and go to Vimeo, and there you can also leave a review. On Vimeo, it's 1.99 to rent it for three days, and um, you can buy it for I think it's 4.99. And then there's also Tubi, which is free if you sign up. I've never done it. Um, I make you know, hardly any money. It's like uh, a joke. Amazon pays us, you know, pennies on the dollar. They're kind of worse than the old record industry used to be. And uh, I used to get a decent check, and then they changed everything. And it wasn't even, it was never a lot. I'll never make my money back, but that's not the point. Um, The point is exposing, exposing the nonsense, educating people that there's something else, Uh, you know, making people realize that they're not alone when they leave, that they can leave, that you're not going to, you know, drink, die and go insane and go to prison because you leave uh, this baby mini cult that actually actually is a behemoth in our government. It is way too big still in the rehab industry. It's filled with steppers. And um, that does really need to change. And I was contacted by a lawyer who is 
representing somebody and um you know i've always i was contacted by another professional in a rehab and that person knows somebody who was very very hurt by a sponsor and so let me just talk about the groups so there's in facebook if you're on facebook we have leaving aa that's just it there's a lot of groups like leaving aa and blah 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 so i've created i have about eight groups but the leaving aa is the main one and then there's deprogramming from AA or any 12-step group. And then there's leaving AA and still like it. And those are people who leave it, but they don't hate it. The other group is really for people who can't stand it. So um, there's a group that's based out of the UK. and uh, But I don't need to um, promote that stuff. Uh, you'll, you'll find what you need. There's also a Fed Up Citizens Unite. There's a 13-step film group. Say No to AA for DUI for Professionals extortion um let's see what that one is the title of that's actually a pretty good group and actually that's not even working right now that was pretty weird just say no to um aa for dui or professionals extortions of pilots nurses and doctors you know it's a small group only 177 in it but this is an important group um i'm friends with i don't know it's about eight or ten pilots that have come together that are fighting back i don't I don't know what's going on with it. It was really taking a long time to get something going, but now that I've been introduced to this lawyer, maybe something um, something else can happen. Uh, not maybe something is going to happen. Expose AA, Alcoholics Anonymous Activism, is another group. Uh, make AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, safer activism. So if you're still in AA or NA and you want to get a hold of my original green pamphlet, then you can write to me at make aasafer at gmail.com. And then there's Leaving AA, which is a community group. I didn't know how to do this in the beginning, so it's just a community. It's not a group. And uh, pro-AA versus AA critical debate and discussions, and uh, that's for pro and um, AA critical people where we argue and debate. And then there's the 13-step, the film group. And, uh yeah. So uh, I'm going to begin. Lately, people were talking about sponsorship and how awful these things that were going on with what people said. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, if you or someone you loved was told by a sponsor to do some of the things that I've read in these groups, you know, people really need to confront them. And I remember... In the end, you know, calling people up after I left and apologizing for saying stupid shit to people. and um, But it was never, like, life-threatening. I was supportive of medication and knew people that took it, and, I mean, especially psych meds. But still had some, like, stupidity going on in there. I think that uh, brainwashed is brainwashed, but that people want to talk about this. And so if you want to call in, the call-in number is 818-475-9211, 818-475-9211. And um, it might be a short show tonight. I'm not working off the book. Uh, I am just going off the fly to talk about it. Now, I'm going to start with my first sponsor and then see if people call in. And if you do, I'm going to take your call and we can just have you, you know, tell us a story or, you know, tell us your opinion or whatever you want to tell us. So the first sponsor was a Hawaiian woman, and she asked me to be my sponsor. And she sort of, not sort of, but kind of rescued me from a lot of jerks that were in Kailua in 1975, um, older middle-aged men. And, you know, I was young, I was 18, and um, I was I turned 19, I think I was turning 19. I wasn't even 19. And, uh, no, no, maybe it was right, it was just right on the cusp of my birthday. But, uh you know, she had heard about this house where people were renting rooms and that there was some really sick shit going on. And so she came out and said, I'd like to sponsor you. And she was very light-handed, and that's probably only the reason that I kind of stayed in AA. Anybody who was heavy-handed with me, I would not have anything to do with. And so she would say, well, you know, if you don't want to eat steak, don't go near the barbecue pit. And I'd be like, what? And she'd say, yeah, if you don't want to eat steak, don't go near the barbecue pit. And I'd be like, okay. And then, um, so I had another woman who sponsored me briefly during this time who was very rigid 
and had you know I had to call her at certain times and um, I had to do like her way and that lasted like like I don't know maybe just a month or two and her name was Kathy she was a very sweet lady but then I found out that she had been cheating on her husband <laughs> with a Zaya guy oh my god um, and I think she was part of a like a Pacific Group spinoff and uh, anyway she was nice but you know anyway there you go. And Mary stayed my sponsor for many years, actually until maybe, was it 1981? So I was six years sober at the time. And uh, and I did find that um, there were times that she said really stupid things to me. And I, as young as I was, and she was older and like a very tough Hawaiian woman, I really kind of would let her know that I thought that was like bullshit. And that when she told me this one time that um, I was just... Uh, what did she say? How did she put it? It was like, uh, not that it was kind of that, you know, your disease is still escalating and growing, even though you're sober. We're flipping my head around. It felt like I, my head spin around on my my shoulders. And I said, okay, that's like total bullshit. Like, no, it's not. And you're sober and you're getting better. And this is where I think that deep programming happens, like even when you're in it. And, and each time that I would hear something like that, I made a little mental note, and I was kind of like, yeah, that's not true. And often, I did say stuff to these people like, no, and I did push back. And I think that's the big deal. And, there, you know, there was a guy that called in, Bob, um, Bobby C., and um, he talked about going to meetings for years to just stir it up and to kind of wake people up, and I think it's great to do that. Uh, I would say that, you know, there were. I went through a lot of stuff, and I was young, and she had a lot of good motherly advice. I mean, I had the reason that I probably stayed so long is that I, I found myself attracted to people that were kind of no bullshit, and yet the kind of sponsors I had over the years um, were very different one from the other, um, and you know, they really. We'll back up. Like the first one, so I did work the steps with Mary, but she didn't really know what to do with my childhood abuse and um, you know issues that I had that had nothing to do with my my drinking, right? Or did they? You know, my self medication of um, what happened to me as a child or um, what I went through in my childhood, and then what happened to me as a teenager. And uh, so she didn't know how to deal with the childhood stuff, like at all, but she never gave me that advice. She never blamed me. She never told me that it was my fault. And see, that's the stuff that I, when I left AA, that was a lot of stuff that I heard on the Stinking Thinking blog was really horrific. Uh, You know, I hate the word gaslighting because these words get used and then people are like, well, what is that? So then my comment means nothing because you don't know what I'm talking about. And so when people are told that it's your fault that you were abused as a child, and it was very clear to me that when I got into therapy um, after my first son was born, that I, a long, long time ago, but I was sober a good, let me figure out how I was sober, like 17 years or something. And uh, I realized that I, I would go to meetings. I had stopped going to a lot of meetings when I had children, which is really great and really smart. I'm so glad that I did that. I really pulled away from AA I not you know I mean I was still really like internally brainwashed and but not completely as I'm going to cover here again if you want to call in it's 818-475-9211 very quiet and sleepy out there um yeah not a lot of action anyway doesn't matter I'm going to keep on going because people have asked to, they wanted to talk about this and you know maybe in, in the future I switch this like last minute because I just um couldn't wrap my head around talking the other subject and uh, so, uh, where was I? Um, oh, yeah, talking about, you know, the way that the sponsor, so I, I worked through the steps with Mary, my first sponsor. She was a Hawaiian woman. And her and her husband were a very famous uh, couple that had come from Hawaiian poverty, both got sober. They had a rough background. They had a funny story. They were good storytellers. And um, they were magnanimous. They were, you know, incredible uh, people and they sort of treated me like family and took me in in a way that I felt like I was like I had family and it was pretty cool because I kind of like wrote off my own family which is like totally stupid there's no reason for me to write off my whole family but 
you know, for those who don't know my story, and I did leave New York at 17, and I hitchhiked all across the United States and went to Colorado and lived up in the Rockies and um, was, you know, chopping wood and um, living in a house with no running water and learned how to cook on a wood-burning stove. So, you know, urban girl goes up into the Rocky Mountains and wants to live like a, I don't like a, what was that movie with Robert Redford? I don't know, some kind of crazy hippie fantasy. And I was really too young to be a hippie, but I tried really hard. And then I wound up going to Hawaii with my dad. It was too cold in there. It was like freezing. It was like so fucking cold there. Beautiful, though. Stunningly beautiful. Evergreen and the Rocky Mountains and the hitchhiked all over. Uh, southern in Colorado and climbed the mountains of the Santa de Cristo Mountains and, uh, you know, cut peppermint from the tea along the stream. I mean, cut peppermint um, along the streams and then made peppermint tea out of it and all kinds of cool stuff and ate my first yogurt. Um, Mountain High yogurt was brand new then and and learned what all kinds of, what, what jack cheese was. I had never had, you know, jack cheese and uh, so there were all kinds of, and had my first like chamomile tea with peppermint in it and rose hips and wow, that was freaking delicious and maybe the best oatmeal I had ever eaten in my life um, with raisins in it and all kinds of cool stuff. And um, I hung out with people that were like 10 years older than me all the time and so I was like 17 and they were 27 and maybe even 30. But it was an interesting experience and then I wound up in I went to Colorado because I called my dad, and he was there with his second wife, Carolyn. And they were living in Kailua, and they had a little two-bedroom, one-bath, very, very cute, uh, what they called a bungalow, Hawaii bungalow. And uh, it was right off of Kalaheo Avenue, and it was mid-'70s, and Hawaii was a very beautiful place. And I was like, Dad, I want to I wanna come. And so he sent me a ticket, and I got there, and... Man, I was, you know, on a new a new path there. Mm. And so one thing I want to say is that, you know, when people tell them that, you know, uh, you can't, you know, geographics don't work, they do, and they've proven, and they and they say now that they work, um, to get out of a place where you have all of your friends, where, you know, everybody's doing the same thing. That making a geographic is a really good thing. And oh yeah, will you bring yourself with you? Yeah, well you do, but you also have incredible experiences and uh that change you you know they change your life and so there are many people even professionals that especially nowadays they don't believe that old old you know that old thing right um uh, i'm really disturbed by some of the stuff that i'm hearing that how people are treated by their sponsors and my story was really different um mary was my sponsor and then um when i met my children's father uh, and then I got I married him later here in California. But you know I I really could see that I had really been like too immersed in AA, and I started to pull back then even. And then the other thing that was started happening I know I've talked about this before, but there was some kind of influence that was happening from rehab. So rehab started to influence AA, and it's really clearly I think my sister maybe when I have her on we're going to talk about that. And then oh hi, hi there is um. I'm so sorry. I'm so bad about how to say your name. Kadrima? Kadrima is in the chat room. Oh, by the way, if you are listening, uh, there was one time we had the chat was really busy. But then the chat didn't work for like, it seemed like a bunch of years. I just kind of left it alone. And uh, it's so cool to see people in there. Uh, Welcome to the show. Kadrima, how are you doing? Yeah. Uh, So, um, you know, what was I talking about? Uh, um, oh, about deprogramming. Sorry, it's so distracting. When I look in there, uh, I get, which we used to do all the time. I would be talking, and then we would like interact with inside the chat room, which people do on YouTube. Which brings me to another request: please go to YouTube. I do have a, like a small baby channel, Monica Richardson. Please go there, like any of the videos that you like, subscribe, and then ask if you want me to do a show on there. Eventually, I want to do live shows there. But you can't do them until you have a thousand subscribers. Um, so, okay, the influence. That's right. So the influence of rehab. So rehab started a thing called twelve step. Is it good? Twelve uh, step. Let me write this down. It's like twelve step facilitation. That was it. TSF. Twelve step facilitation. So they started 
they took the 12 steps, and these were AA members, and then they, um, oh, Kadri is your first name. Okay, I can say that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so rehab influenced AA, and, and you think about it, you know, Bill Wilson was absolutely involved with uh, rehab, right? I mean, he got sober in Towns Hospital, and there was a hospital in New York City for straight-up alcoholics, and so Towns Hospital, and was it called something farm, like white, what was it called, high, high, high watch, I love when I finally remember something, right? High watch farms. Does anybody else feel like your brain has gone, like, weird with the, the COVID lockdowns? Like, because we can't plan so much of the future that, I mean, it's get, it's getting a little better now, thank God, in California. It's Southern California. Oh, my God, it was so bad here. Um, but I digress. So 12-step facilitation uh, is, like, utter horseshit. And also, I do think that the Pacific Group, which there were many people that would come to Honolulu, and they would come with their pious bullshit, and they would, like, you know, spout the Clancy crap, and uh, most of us didn't buy it, but there were some people who did. And so, unfortunately, my sponsor, Mary and Harry, actually started to work in Hinamaka, which was one of the first, I would say, decent rehabs when they got insurance to pay for it. And they were so excited. I remember them saying, oh, man, we got insurance is going to cover rehab 30 days. And they started to develop a plan. And how are they going to make someone going through the 12 steps a professional uh, experience like a therapeutic and I was like you gotta be fucking kidding me guys and I really lost actually lost a lot of respect um, I lost a lot of respect for them even though I loved them like family and I loved them so much when they did that and they did change because they started to get paid and they got paid well not you know like rich well but they, you know for them it was really um, good and then there was all a bunch of steppers all of us, and we were like, there were people like, oh, you can make, you know, you can work as a counselor, and like, what with what education? Oh, you don't need any education yet, you know, uh, but you can go get one, and so you take a six-week facilitation class, which I took, and I was like, and then I actually worked in a women's rehab uh, in um, at St. Francis Women's Alcohol Treatment Center, and that was like a joke. It was a fucking joke. Okay, man. <laughs> I'm not going down that road right now. I should talk about that in another show. But <laughs> gotta drink my water. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm so just going down whatever route I feel like tonight. I can see. Uh, let's see. The TSF clinic was in Estonia. Well, really, the retest is based upon Minnesota version. Oh yeah. So the Minnesota model, Kadri, is definitely 12-step based, right? So I'm definitely in Minnesota. Oh, my God, I'm forgetting the name of the treatment center. <laughs> That's really good that I'm forgetting these names. In Minnesota, what the hell is it called? It'll come to me. But that they, they had a lot of money. Like about 10 years ago, they, they saved Betty Ford. They actually saved it. It was in the red, and they bought it, and they merged and I don't know what's come of them, but um, they have like $800 million cash in the bank. Um, let's see what you wrote. I know second one, more expert by experienced counselors from AA are working there, attended in Nakota workshop. Oh, so you have like a Minnesota model in freaking in Eastern Europe. Oh. You know, I'm not surprised. So AA is really big and awful in Iceland, in Sweden. Um, not too big in Germany or France. Very big in the UK, uh, especially London on the outskirts of the, the rich London. Uh, where else? Where else have I been? And I know, it, yeah, I was in the south of France for Cannes and for um, this music conference. And um, <laughs> meetings were really small. I even went when I went to Italy. I went to Rome, and I went to. Uh, where else did I go? Yeah, but I, well, anyway, I went to Rome, and I went with my friend to a English-speaking meeting, and there were like 10 people there, and she was like, why do you want to go to a meeting? And I was like, I don't know. I just want to see what it's like. Let's see what else um, Kojima said. 
Yeah, so uh, crazy, so crazy. Um, so the influences came, 12-step facilitation, and they started to professionalize AA. It absolutely just, they crossed that line, they said, fuck it, and little did I know how already entrenched in the government and in those, you know, NIAAA and NIDA and uh, the National Association, I mean, I'm saying it wrong now, but, you know, Marty Mann, who was like the Miss AA of the 40s, the first lesbian woman who had, you know, she was marketing, that was her thing, PR, and her lover Priscilla uh, worked at, I think it's Vogue, I think she worked at Vogue, and boy, they all knew everybody, I mean, come on, like, if you were, like, if you worked in the tech world, and um, they all know each other, right, in Silicon Valley, and so back then, the newspaper business and the magazine business was a very, very, very tight-knit community, and they helped, you know, they helped each other, so, uh, yeah, it's like no, you know, big, no-brainer that, that AA, like, swept the planet, and uh, there wasn't a lot of alternatives. I'm sure there were plenty of doctors and newer therapists who realized that, you know, this thing was a piece of shit and Alcoholics Anonymous was bullshit and it was like a lot of religious goobly gawk. But um, so sponsors, you know, if you look in the big book, there's the purists and the people who were like, well, there's nothing in there about sponsorship and then they wrote the 12 and 12. And Bill Wilson did not write that alone. He wrote, he wrote that book with a guy who created All Addicts Anonymous, right? I think All Addicts Anonymous. AAA, can you believe that? That didn't like fly really well. I'm sure AAA hated that one. But this guy believed that what Bill Wilson was doing was very bad and that his moral compass was bad. And he, he believed in like the four, what is it, the four Fs? Like purity, um love and they really had to deal with their sexual behavior and of course we know Bill Wilson was like the biggest womanizer 13 stepper out there so again if you want to call in we're about halfway through the show you can call in to 818-475-9211 818-475-9211 again I'm Monica Richardson a podcaster and filmmaker of the 13 step and if you'd like me to talk about it any subject, you can hit me up at makeaasafer at gmail.com and, or join the Facebook groups, Leaving AA or Deprogramming from AA or any 12-step group. I do have a blog. It's pretty quiet. Uh, blogs just got so quiet. It was crazy. I do think Facebook will disappear. I don't know why. I just I feel like it's going to become a MySpace. And it's the, the boy, man, they uh, don't even get me started on that one, so I'm not going to go there. <laughs> yeah. So, um the sponsor thing came in in the 12 and 12 and that was written in the mid fifties and you know, uh, sponsors were supposed to just walk somebody through the steps and kind of be a guide and that's it and not be their freaking mother and their father and the sister and their brother and someone who's going to tell everybody what to do. And, um, so that's why I stayed was because the first one, Mary, um, was very, very easy uh, and did not. She said, do you want, do you want to know what I think? Do you, you know, and she really, and sometimes she would uh, tell me when I didn't ask, but that wasn't, um, what shall I say? Uh, mm, I don't know. She was the way she was. She was a mother. She had six children. Uh, the next one, I came here to California. I swore I wasn't going to get one, and I didn't. And I swore that I wasn't going to be a part. I was not going to take a job. I was not going to take a service position. So if you're listening, a service position, all of them are for free. You work for nothing. Just like uh, I think Tony Robbins has a lot of people working for free for him. I went to one of his seminars and was like, wow. I was like, damn, there's a lot of people. This guy's employing a lot of people. And then I asked him, and they're like, oh, no, we're we're being of service. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, it sounds like AA. I think uh, I think I'll be leaving after the seminar is over, and I'll be done with it. Um, you know, so I think that people, people. Um, maybe there was another one besides there, but uh, the sponsorship of, you know, telling people how to do it and what to do in heavy details. 
So I came here. I didn't do that. Eventually, I, I became a secretary or I became, I don't know, I think I just did, I really tried to keep it sparse. I came here to be an actress and a singer and go to school and study all that. Oh, I feel a sneeze coming. I got a sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, damn. Okay. Got to bless me. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, when I came here. And so I did not really get involved um, like I was in AA back in California, and I was very involved. And there, um, I decided that you know I had plenty of time, and I had a very strong program. We know what that means, right? You know, you just think you're Miss AA or whatever, Mister AA, and you've done the steps, and you're of service, and you know. Anyway, um, so I came here, and I didn't do that. I got, I, I worked, and I. You know, did extra work, trying to get into the union. Eventually I got into the union. I worked at Fox as a floating secretary. And, you know, I tried to find meetings that I liked, and it was very, very hard. And I didn't have a sponsor. Um, and then my sponsor died, and uh, it was very sad, and went back to her for her funeral. And I still didn't want one. I was, and then I like, started having issues with my um, my first husband. I'm only, I only have two. I'm still married to Kevin. But... um and I went to Al-Anon, and uh, wow, it was very weird. And she was, like, very different. And she was married to an AA guy, and she was very nice, and she was very sane. But we never talked about steps. She just talked about, like, I don't know, womanly advice. You know, like, she was older than me by about 15, 20 years. And um, they were married a long time, and she was just a very sweet woman. And she reminded me a little bit of Mary. So it was no heavy-handed, no... Oh, you have to call me this and that. Just call me when you need me. That's it. And I sponsored people that way. I was like, listen, don't even call me. Like, if you don't want to call me, and um, I was like, just call me when you need me. And uh, I became friends with many of my sponsees, like good friends. Some of them I'm still friends with, and really, you know, she left too, and we're still good friends. So, uh, what was the last one? Was a woman? No, no, there were two more. One was a woman who was very successful outwardly and came from money. And she also never talked about the steps with me. She, you know, said I probably needed really good therapy and, and shared everything she learned in therapy with me. And the wisdom that she had in areas of my life, I didn't have it. So, and she did, she just said, call whenever you can. And, you know, and she like went to, she just had these meetings in her house. So she was just very light-handed. I mean, sometimes she'd say, oh, I don't think you should do that. And actually, she was really right. <laughs> there was a couple times where she was like, I don't think you should be doing that. And she was so, so right. Um, mm. I don't know why I'm so thirsty. I think because I forgot my bottle in the car um, out of my son that wasn't drinking enough water. Let's see what she said. I have tried sponsoring using AA Big Book in OA. She read Big Book with me. I know I listened um, to two tenor, Tony Robbins free event. been serving... Oh, whoa. Really? Well, I, I, listened. Interesting what Kadri just said. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, OA has this crazy booklet. They are really crazy. Okay, those FAOA people. Oh, my God. So neurotic. Um, you're going to talk about your childhood. You're going to talk about your... It's They're really... It's nuts. It's a really um, OCD. I think it makes people OCD. And I don't like it at all. I think it's terrible. Um, it's not healthy. That's my opinion about it. And um, I've known people lost a lot of weight, and they, you know, the people that uh, I think have done it in a healthy way, they have not done it that way. And that's my two cents about that. But it doesn't doesn't really matter, right? We're all just get to have our two cents about this kind of stuff. So that sponsor was somebody. Yeah, I mean, they were these are good people. And then the last one was a woman I met in a women's meeting who had less time than me. So by then I probably had 30-something years, and she had like 15 or 17. But she was married to the same man for 40-something years. She had lost a child. She was so kind. She was so kind. And we just talked about um, stuff. You know, it was really about relationships. and Had her all of her wisdom um, of being married to Sandy all those years. And she was really a beautiful woman, and I'm still friends with her. And she she knew when I was leaving, and she came to see my movie, and, you know, I'm still in contact with her. 
and I love her dearly. And these people were not jerks. These people were really, all the people that I mentioned were good people. And they were, you know, eventually, like, look at all of us. Like, we were good people. We are good people, I mean, and we left. So we were good people in there, and we're still good people when we leave. And there are assholes in there, and there are assholes out here. And so that's kind of like why I made leaving AA and still like it. Because sometimes people would come into the group and they just weren't filled with as much, you know, hate as we had. And, uh, I mean, honestly, when I left, I wasn't filled with hate for AA yet. It was kind of like I really um, didn't – I hated that they didn't want to, you know, embrace um, making it safer and um, discussing literature for safety. And it was it was watching them, what they did and what New York did, as I attempted to force them to make it safer and the resistance to that. And now I'm really glad that they did it because the more resistance they did, the more I it just pulled the covers back for me to see the truth about it and to find out through blogging um, what the horrific stuff that had been done to people and the murder, you know, um, Christine and Sandra Cass, and that's why I made the film. And uh, I didn't make the film because of 13... I mean, I started the work because of sexual harassment and predation in AA. And then I found that there was a ton of rape going on. And that that really horrified me. And I learned from serious inside board members and, you know, the Paul Cleary letter. In fact, you can just Google that Paul Cleary seven-page letter to the board. I got to be friends with him, friendly with him, and he helped me build my first workshop that I did, the safety workshop. And I did numerous safety workshops, and then people did them all over the country, and people wanted the pamphlet. So even after I left, I would um, get people the pamphlet. And they needed them really badly. And, you know, one of the best stories that I was asked to – I started to get asked to speak a lot in the very end, and I did it. I I hated it, but I did it. And I went to this, like, 7 a.m. game meeting in West Hollywood, and this guy, it was the earlier pamphlet. It was like kind of was on a postcard paper. And I had a, I had a pile of them. Like, I swear to God, it was like six, seven inches thick. And he goes, can I have these? And I said, yeah. And he goes, thank you. And he goes, that's all we need to do. And he just plunked it over there with the literature. They knew that they needed it really bad. They were not going to have a um, discussion about it. They just were going to use it. You know what I mean? Like, that was it. That was the end of it. Let me Let me see what... Um she read um i have tried sponsoring okay um your sponsor read the big book with you for oa i mean it's just crazy it's like here's a stupid book from the 30s when there is so much that people can find out about cognitive behavioral therapy and motivational interviewing and you know way more than that the stuff that's in smart i would just you know although i think smart has been so infiltrated by a members and i don't really know what's going on with the leadership I know Tom uh, Tom Horvath is no longer the president, and it, I have, I've heard a lot of things that Smart is um, gotten way too soft with, you know, you, know, you can't talk criticize um, AA, but um, anyway, it's not a good thing. You know, they really need to get like uh, that's what I think, and they need to just um, let Smart be smart. And if people want to complain about AA, they should be allowed to complain about AA. Mm. But um, I'm not running <laughs> smart, so it doesn't matter what I think about that. Let's see. I know it, I listen to. So maybe you're talking about a show that you listened to in uh, February of two of 2010. Tony Robbins free event. Um, been serving in ACA. Oh, you went to an, a Tony Robbins free event, and then oh yeah, so. If you saw where he, that went viral when the women's when the Me Too movement took off in 2017 on YouTube, where that woman confronted him, um, I think it was pretty powerful because Joe Berlinger made a film about him. It's like I am not your guru, but really people do idolize him, and he charges them exorbitant amounts. And there's something like a little, like not a little, but like really creepy about how he treated those women. And and Joe Berlinger like caught it on film, and I, I was like disgusted. But me and my husband were like, "Wait a second, you know he's telling her to you know go with these guys and these guys." It was just a really strange, very stepper-like stuff. And it turns out that she was from the Children of God, you know that horrible sex cult 
where those children were all abused sexually. And he was fucking clueless. And uh, I thought it was really disgusting. So, um, whatever. Um, but back to the sponsorship thing. we got a few minutes left, and I'm probably not going to go the full hour tonight. Um, we're gonna, because I am tired. I got up at 5.30 this morning to help with the baby. So I slept like four hours last night. And I'm a little tired. So, uh, 818-475-9211. You have another... I think five minutes, and then I'm to call in, and then we're just going to call it a night. Uh, yeah. So the influences, the influences of rehab, heavily, heavily influenced Alcoholics Anonymous, and not the other way around. After the 80s, early 80s, and that is when it became a thing, illegal or whatever, you know, to charge uh, your health insurance to go to rehab, which was based on no science and no medicine. In fact, a lot of places didn't even give people the proper detox. Some places did, right? But, you know, I talked about this, I think, last week, Bill Wilson, uh, you know, and those guys back there, they took serious belladonna, which is a hallucinogen, with a serious sedative, which knocked them out for three fucking days. And when they woke up, they were sober. And um, we are, you know, it's clear, clear evidence. John Hopkins did a great piece I guess it was, I'm sorry, it was 2020, no, it was 60 minutes on the use of psilocybin for alcohol use disorder, for depression, and for people who are dying of cancer. And then also um, the, the Brain, Pacific Brain Institute, they are doing also um, this clinical trials for using psilocybin. And I know people who have done it, and there's been great, great, great success. And people who have used it for anxiety as well. So that is really wonderful. Now, I don't know what is going on in AA. I, I do think that the COVID closures and stuff really hurt it, and I'm kind of glad. I'm I'm glad that people realized, oh, before you get all pissy with me, if you want, if, unless you're on my side, but people realized they did not need to go to those meetings and that there's probably people that are going to keep doing those Zooms and um, and that they don't have to, like, leave their house. Some people had to maybe drive really far, and maybe it's safer for some people less predatory behavior, less money being put in the pot. And, um, you know, the fellowship was already dying. It's been dying for a long time. And it was dying when women and men went to different meetings. I mean, you know, there were more women's meetings and men's meetings. I do think that that's not the case in uh, small towns. I think that um, from my understanding and experience that there became much more in big cities Right, you know, big cities where there were the big problems. I want to tell you this story, and um, it's been a while where I, I think I talked about this. So when I was trying to make it safer, I had a feeling that I was going to leave. It was that last year, 2010, and because I left in 11, so it really, really started to unravel in 2010. And there was a woman, really beautiful woman, who was on the on the board. Um, at what? Oh, was she a trustee? Maybe she was a trustee. And she had actually been, like, accosted when she was brand new. And um, was, like, in a small, I don't know if she was in Idaho or one of those upper uh, mid Midwest states. And uh, she told me when I was, like, going on and on about the problem in L.A. And what was being reported to me was, you know, yeah, there was, like, 13-stepping and sexual harassment. but And it's not funny, but is that, you know, they're being raped. Like women were being raped. And then I was like, well, let's go to the cops. And they were like, no, no, I can't go to the cops. And I was like, oh, come on, let's go to the cops. And anyway, that was before the Me Too movement. And um, if that would have happened then, boy, there would have been a real exposure of Alcoholics Anonymous. But I do I do know that this day will come, right? And she would tell me this, like every time I ran into her. So I went to numerous Pacific Regional Service Assemblies to continue my activism, to force them to address safety and bring my literature because there were a lot of people who wanted it. And actually my first Pacific Regional that Callie and I went to that was held in L.A., they did give us a, a workshop night, a roundtable um, that it was addressed, and there were 150 people squeezed into a room that was holding 100, and people were telling the most outrageous, uh, incredible stories that were about horrific, like, 
horrible stuff going on in meetings, like in the meetings, you know, guys pulling out guns, guys threatening people, you know, pulling out a gun on his lap, people being, you know, so they were talking about violence, they were talking about intimidation, and they were talking about the sexual stuff, and people hanging themselves over the 13-stepping, people crying, you know, it was very, very intense. And um, so, you know, it basically got to a point where um, she would say, she said to me the first time, you know, Monica, um, I've worked with guys in prison, and they say they go to AA meetings um, because they're not even, you know, got a drinking problem, but that AA women are easier to pick up and rape than in a bar. And then they won't go to the police. Like the chances of them going is even that much less than a regular woman who they meet or they don't meet or they follow home, whatever the fuck happens. Like just, And I was like, oh, my God. Like, isn't somebody going to do something with this? She wound up writing a piece that wound up in the grapevine, which is AA's little magazine. And they she got death threats from, like, AA people, insiders, like death threats. <laughs> that's how... That's all like 1950s bullshit, Alcoholics Anonymous, World Service is where they have a couple of 10, 15 million in the bank. They pay all their people really well, but all of you little lemmings, you get to get, like, you do your fucking service work for zero dollars, and you're expected to do this, or you're going to get drunk, go insane, or what, whatever. There are these good people, these really good people. And uh, so what do I think? I think that, you know, that's why I'm still here. You know, 10 years later, I might not do a show every week and I might, you know, fade away and get very involved in something else. Um, like what happened here with, you know, Newsom and he's going to get recalled, you know, I mean, I've been really distracted by that and what's going on in Southern California as many people are, and they've reached 1.4 million. They need 1.5 and they have another month. And so it really took a lot of my energy and I did, go and help get signatures and stuff like that. Um, but I think that now I'm getting these new calls, especially this one from some lawyers and some more pilots, that I do think it's time. And it didn't feel like it was really a good time to do it with all the closures. Uh, but I do think as things open up um, that eventually I'm going to get to speak to these lawyers and see what what can be done. Uh, because I do think a lot of people, actually I know somebody, my friend Jacqueline, who called in, there's many young millennials who have died from alcohol over, like overdose, you know, like, you know, drinking themselves into death. And that's really tragic, as well as all the opioid deaths and all the heroin deaths and all the fentanyl deaths, um, which by the way, you know, fentanyl comes from China. And, uh, that I I think people need to know about the psilocybin. I think the psilocybin needs to be completely legal for therapists to do. And um, the ayahuasca has helped. I have a friend who did ayahuasca. Totally, she was drinking herself to death, you know, and she went and did ayahuasca. Um, so I do think that the world in Hollywood is a part of that. You know, the, the big the big megaphone of Hollywood, such horseshit movies like last year, not like this last year, but the year before that, where oh, it was called The Star is Born or whatever. It's like just like <laughs> my friend, she went to the theater. She was like, I mean, she, she should have gone with me, she said. And I said, well, I'm not going to see that movie. And then she said she was like ready to throw popcorn at the, you know, she she couldn't contain herself from like yelling at the screen. <laughs> Which <laughs> Maybe when we all go to the movies after this is all over, I know some of you are already going to movies, but we're so used to sitting at home yelling at the TV, at the news. When we go to the theater, we're going to be yelling at the screen. <laughs> I'm sorry, but hi, Kevin. I see you in there. Um, yeah, so I think, um, you know, I'm going to finish up. And it, it's been uh, a very, very interesting new year. And I wish, I hope all of you are, are doing okay with all of this insanity. And that I, I pray and I hope that our country can have some kind of healing and that we can get real help, real help for people who have alcohol and drug problems 
and not this A horseshit. Uh, this 1935 snake oil salesman pray the drink away bullshit that has to stop. It needs to stop. It has to stop. And we'd all be better off if it could just take a back door and bow its way out and not be the majority that harm reduction and medications and plant-based medicine uh, and smart recovery type things and motivational interviewing and uh, the other modalities that are out there that help people, mindfulness, workshops, people benefit from many other things and stop calling it a brain disease. It's not a brain disease. What kind of horse? Where, where the fuck did this crap come from? I mean, let me just say this, and then I'm going to finish. If you would have said that to old-timers that I knew, they would be so insulted. They would be so fucking insulted about that. You had an issue, and you, you got over it, and you moved forward, and you did not have a brain disease. You did not have, they didn't believe it was a disease in the 70s. Are you crazy? I mean, it was like, what? No. I'm sorry, but they they didn't they didn't think that. Um, it was a spiritual malady. Oh yes, all the little special 1930 words. Why do I turn into some kind of British person at the end of? I'm sorry, at the end of a show. I think I did that a couple of weeks ago. I'm sorry, Kevin. I feel like um. I know you're laughing. In your room. <laughs> right now. <laughs> anyway, guys, I am tired. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure having you. Um, Kadri, and, um, it was really nice to have you. I hope someday that we can figure out how for you to call in, because I do think there's a way. I just, I don't know how to do it. Oh, yeah, we had the friend, the woman, um, Valerie did it from... Um, London, right? Remember she did it. And she, oh, you know what? She and I are supposed to do a show about her whole experience. I gotta, I gotta talk to her. Okay, guys, it was nice speaking with you. And uh, out there in Blog Talk Radio Land, see you on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Blog Talk Radio again next week. Again, this is Monica Richardson, and we'll see you next week. Take care and good night. <laughs>